I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today, I have the absolute honor to share with you Luke Wren. This man has a story that will blow you away. The first time I saw him was at my first Tony Robbins event, Date with Destiny, in December of 2018. I didn't know who he was, but he has this presence that got my attention, like the energy of Tony Robbins and his smile. Then I put it together after I listened to him on our mutual friend, Michelle Soros' podcast. And now that I have this podcast, what I would call a full circle moment, I asked him to be a guest as he was actually on my list for my top five guests I would dream of having. And he said, yes, I got a yes because I dared to ask. So this is a dream come true. And I'm so grateful for this time. I know he is a busy man, husband and father, and I appreciate this yes more than you know. Before we get started, let me give you a little bit of Luke's background. Luke Wren is a sought-after international keynote speaker, business performance coach, and entrepreneur that started his first business when he was just 19. Luke shares the stage with world's biggest influencers around the globe. He has over 20 years' experience in health, fitness, business, and coaching, inspiring thousands of people from the average person to elite athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and CEOs. Luke is a proud husband and father that resides in Siesta Key, Florida, with his incredible wife, Katie, daughters, Faith, and Lake. Welcome, Mr. Luke Wren. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored, and thank you for having me, Ashley. I'm glad to be joining you for this. Uh, Dream come true. You never know when you ask, right? Exactly. You You never get what you don't ask for. Exactly, and I did, and here I am sitting in front of you. So I wanted to kind of start and I want my listeners to, I think your story is amazing. And I love the, where you started when you were 19 and all these amazing things that you did to get to where you are today and kind of how you got into the Tony Robbins world and just this magical story that you share. I would love for you to start with that. Yeah. First off, I would tell everybody on the line that we all have a story and be proud of your story. I mean, I look at, I grew up in a town of 300 people, you know, of very humble beginnings. I mean, we had one of the rooms in our house in the basement had a dirt floor. We had a train tracks in the backyard, but I was so rich in love. I had the most amazing parents and siblings. And I learned from my dad that through hard work, you could build a better life. You know, that if you're consistent and you led with love and you worked hard, things will always work out. And, you know, I I just pinch myself the life I get to live nowadays, but I I just want everybody to know, I I think not enough people out there share their story and share it with pride because we all have one. And I look at if I can, you know, create a great life from coming from a town of 300 with the train tracks in the backyards, anybody listening to this, whatever your dream is, dream bigger and go for it. We're in a world where a lot of other people that aren't living their dreams want to tell you, you can't live your dream. And I would just tell you, run as far in the other direction of that person as you can and go share your dream with people and the people that believe in it and ask how they can help, lock arms and keep running with them (laughs) and away from the people that try and crush your dreams because the world right now needs people that are going to dream. The world right now needs people that are going to lead. So even if you don't want to do it for yourself, realize the world needs you, needs I, needs us right now. So let's all share our stories Let's all really step up and lead ourselves, our communities, and the world right now because, you know, my journey started, you know, at the age of seven is where I really started creating my hunger is the first seven years of my life, my grandfather passed away of cancer in the whole seven years I knew him. 
he had cancer. And I remember in his final week, he squeezed my hand really hard and he just said, Lucas, you don't have anything if you don't have your health. And he was a very spiritual man. But a lot of times it takes losing something to really value it. And we're in a world and in the situation we're in right now where we took so many freedoms for granted that we don't take for granted anymore. Just the ability to go to the grocery store without worry, right? (laughs) And that's where my, why I share that at the age of seven, that's where my passion started is I just watched my grandfather suffer for seven years and he did it so gracefully. He didn't complain. And to lose somebody that meant so much to me at a young age. And when he said, Lucas, you don't have anything if you don't have your health. I remember at seven years old, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I went out and bought a Jack Lane book for you fitness <laughs> people out there that remember the father of fitness, Jack Lane. And it was a chair workout book and it'll date me a little bit, but the boss, Bruce Springsteen had a cassette tape called born <laughs> in the USA. And I remember I would put that tape in the tape player and I would do the chair workout at seven. And I tried to coach everybody within my proximity to live healthier at seven years old. You can imagine how many people wanted to listen to a seven-year-old about that they needed to value their health. And from that point on, I mean, that's been, you know, really my mission is just to help people live a better life. And, you know, now, you know, you fast forward a little bit. I did that from seven And then getting my first job in a field or well, mowing lawns when I was seven because it was in the principal's office so much. Kurt Levang, the principal at that time, figured he might as well hire me to mow his lawn because I was spending so much time in his office getting in trouble. And then then fast forward through working in the fields and Rogan and rock picking and dishwashing and painting to 17 years old. I I came across uh, cassette tapes called Personal Power. And it was the first time I was exposed to Tony Robbins and at a garage sale, if you've ever been to a garage sale, it's from a small town. So it was like garage sale. Cool. I can get some new stuff. <laughs> and uh, and uh, was always excited about garage sales and come across this one garage sale. You know, you're used to buying things for 50 cents, a buck, a couple bucks. Maybe you're going to spend five on something really important. And there was these cassette tapes and it was a whole package hadn't even been opened. And it was $25. I'm like, $25. And I'm like, you know, something in me said, buy them. And I started listening to these tapes <laughs> at 17. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Tony Robbins. If you haven't, you might want to go check him out. There's no other human like him on the planet Earth in my mind. Just an incredible human. And his voice just resonated with me. The content resonated with me. And I remember him saying, you know, the only way to be reasonable is be completely unreasonable. And I just kept listening. And I haven't stopped listening. And it's, uh, you know, 24 years later now. I'm now 41. And I've never stopped listening. And it wasn't just Tony. I would go search out all the others as well. You know, Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and Joel Olstein and anybody that was producing content. But Tony's kind of always been that foundational voice and construct for me that really, really hit me. And I just kept listening. I bought every audio program he has. I bought every book he has, you know, and I bought all the other self-improvement stuff out there. And I just kept on the journey is I'm like, you know, oh my gosh, I need to feed my mind daily. And I've pretty much done 30 to 60 minutes without waiver for the last 24 years. And that moment changed my life. Uh, you know, I've, I've listened to the audios, I applied and then I repeated and I read the books and I applied and I repeated. And I remember it was about a decade later and I'm speaking to 250 people at a chamber event in, in Wisconsin. And uh, I had health clubs and weight loss centers at the time that I owned. And I remember I got done with the event and there was about 50 people stayed after and getting some pictures and talking and answering questions. And, and uh, people go, you know, have you ever heard of Tony Robbins? You sound a little bit like Tony Robbins, you look a little bit like Tony Robbins. And I'm like, of course I've heard of Tony Robbins. Like, you know, I found him at 17. I haven't stopped listening yet. And they go, have you ever gone to a live event? I'm like, what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go to a live event? Like buy the audio, listen to the audio implement and then repeat it. Why would you waste your time and money going to the event and (laughs) read a good book, read the book, implement, and then repeat and read it again and implement more and repeat. And have you ever had one of those moments where it was too coincidental to be coincidence? You knew it was grace. And uh, after I said that literally the day after I said to a group of people, after I was done speaking, what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go to the event? Like just listen to the audio and implement repeat. 
I get a postcard, a huge postcard in the mailbox. I had this gigantic head on. <laughs> the very next day, I was never getting the mail, but I happened to be in the front yard playing with my daughter, Faith, at the time. And the mailman came. So I grabbed the mail from him and it was this huge postcard. And I remember just looking up to the sky and just going, God, I get it. And I go, Faith, I'll be right back. Stay in the yard. And I went in the house and I'm like, sign me up. And they answered the phone. I thought they knew it was me. I thought it was direct target, <laughs> direct target snail mail. And, uh, you know, somebody is listening to my conversation or whatever and, and called them and said, you need to send this guy a postcard or something. And I think it was a bit of grace. And they go, well, number one, who is this? And what do you want to sign up for? And I said, well, this UPW event, Chicago, that, you know, I just got a postcard and it's in a few weeks. And they go, okay, great. You know, I got VIP because I wanted to sit up front. I wanted to make sure I was in proximity. And and because you hear on the audios all the time, proximity is power. Who you spend time with is who you become. I'm like, I'm sitting up front with the hungry ones. And I'd heard for a while that I need to meet this guy, Travis, in our community. You go, yeah, he's into that self-help shit like you. You need to meet this Travis. And I ended up meeting him a week later after I signed up at a, at a business function. And I said, yeah, I've been here and I need to meet you. I'm actually going to see Tony Robbins next week. Would you like to come? And he goes, I can't. I go, you're right. I turned away and he smacks me on the back and he goes, I know what you're doing. I said, no, 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 you can't, you know, and smacks me again. And I said, you said you can't go. He goes, all right, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. And we barely knew each other, but other than that, we both were into self-development and wanted to move further, faster down the road. And our energies matched up. And I remember we went to this Tony Robbins event together and it didn't take me more than having to walk in the front of the building to change my story from what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go to the event, just read the book or listen to the audio and implement to go, what kind of dumbass waits a decade mm. to go see a mentor he's been listening to daily and change your story, change your life, right? So I get in there and I can just feel the energy. I'm like, why did I wait a decade? Yes. And I remember, uh, you know, now sometimes I'll get on the mic and ask people to walk slowly and carefully to their seats and at that time, I hurdled sections of chairs, people, whatever I needed to do. And I remember I sat seventh row on the aisle right behind the Platinum Partners. And I'm going, what's a Platinum Partner? I want to be one of those. And, and I remember 26 minutes into the seminar, Tony says, you know, who's proximity is power. Who you spend time with, it's who you become, which I've heard on the audio so many times up to that point. And he said, write down three people you want to meet and think big. You know, don't put down people you think you're going to meet right. already. Right. And I remember it was funny because I sprinted up front, jumped, hurdled, whatever I needed to do to get there. And, and of all the people, you know, at that time, there was only 3,000 at the UPWs. You know, now it's 15,000. Right. And of 3,000 people, guess who was sitting next to me? <laughs> yeah, you got yes, it. Travis. Because Travis. <laughs> Travis goes, hey, is anybody in that seat? And I go, no. Can I sit there? No. <laughs> and I just wanted to say no. And I'm like, here's the deal. You can sit here today, but you are not sitting by me tomorrow. I want to meet other cool, hungry people. I already know you. We can ride home together. We rode here together. Like you can sit there today, but tomorrow you hustle and you get your own seat. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember he looked over at my paper as I wrote down my three people. Cause I wrote down Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey and Steve Wynn. Mm. I thought it'd be a pretty diverse collection. Amazing, right. And he goes, shoot for the moon, Alice. <laughs> and he wrote down three safe people. To this day, he still hasn't met two of his three people. Within 11 months, I had met Tony Robbins, Steve Wynn, and Oprah Winfrey. But why and do you think you did and he didn't? Number one, I wrote it down exactly the way Tony said, write it down and believe it. And, and I took action that, you know, things fell into place. I Don't get me wrong, I really believe in the, the book, The Secret, but... You can't just think, 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 and think positively and all positive is going to happen. You know, you must put the intention and the thought out there, but it must be followed with intentional action as well. Right. And I remember day three, I think the key for me was immediate action. Day three, they said, you know, Tony said, you know, if you sign up for Master University, you get to come up here, have a picture with me. And I knew it was a quick meet. I knew we weren't going to hang out and you know, have lunch or anything, right? I knew it was like, <laughs> right. you're paying to have a group picture, shake a hand and move on. Right. But hey, it's, I wrote down, I wanted to meet him. I could meet him here. All I had to spend. And Travis goes, you're going to spend $10,000? And I'm like, no. He goes, well, how are you going to meet him? I go, I'm going to spend 15. I'm doing business mastery wow. as well. He goes, 
you want to spend a thousand bucks for 10 years. Now you're going to drop 15 grand just to meet him. I go, no, not just to meet him, to meet him and do all of his programs. Right. And uh, it was interesting because then I just go, great. I already met one of my three. How are you doing? Right. Check. (laughs) And so, you know, I really believe that that intentional action to start the process of I met one of the three. And I remember when I met Tony on stage, you have a brief moment with him, right? We shook hands and he just goes, you have big hands. And all that came out of my brain at the time is coming from you, banana hands. And like, did I just say that? I have a moment with one of the most influential people on the planet earth. And I say, coming from you, banana hands. And we kind of laughed about it. You got a hug really quick. And then your group picture and it was done. And I remember at the end of day three, before Tony takes off, he said, you know, this, put on this event, it takes three to 400 volunteers, you know, hug somebody in a shirt. If you'd love to help other people get the experience you did, you know, you can apply for our crew. Back then you had to write a letter. Now, you know, you send it electronically. Right. Back then you had to write a letter. And I remember I wrote a seven page letter of how different my life was, how, what a blessed life I've lived my entire life because of the tools that I felt I had an advantage on the world mm-hmm. that I learned through him. And, and I remember I got accepted to crew and I was excited. I turned up to crew and I was paying attention successfully his clues. I found out what he was drinking and eating. And I showed up to crew with my bottles of fluids and chopped up bars and everything. And, and I met my dear friend, Lauren Slocum at that event. And, and I got nominated for crew member of the event. And why, uh, why do you she's get- like, who is it? Who is this guy? What's that? <laughs> I said, you got nominated for the best crew member. Yeah. Yeah. And, She's like, who is this guy? And we, we met, we were talking and she's like, oh my gosh, you need to do security. I'm like, no, 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 I don't. Me not talk, <laughs> not a good fit. <laughs> me, me not smile. Nope. No, thank you. She goes, no, 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 no. Seriously. Like your energy, like we need people like you around Tony. You, you're not going to hang out with them or anything, but you'll be doing security. Like they'll feel the energy. And I go, I don't think it's for me. She goes, well, she goes, trust me on this. She goes, you'll like it. Just try it. If not, come back to crew. But I'm going to get you a phone call with Jay. And I had a couple interview phone calls with Jay Garrity as chief of staff and head of security and Mike Melio, a good friend of his that was on security at the time. And I said, well, I don't know if this is for me, but I'll come. I'm here to serve. And I just want to help other people not be a decade dumbass like me. Like I want other people to get this experience and anything I can do to help that would be great. And I remember I showed up to do security the first time. And I showed up even more. I had it dialed in and was asking everybody that had been around for years, what's Tony drinking? What's in his shape? <laughs> you know, and I showed up with six quart and a half bottles of electrolytes and protein drinks and coconut water. And, and I was like, I'm not going to eat all day. He doesn't eat all day. I'm not going to eat all day. Hmm. You know, he doesn't pee all day. I'm sure I'll have to pee a couple times, but <laughs> success leaves clues. I'm going to copy. And I remember I, they, they put me on Tony and I was going around the room and see that person following him and squatting down. And, and I remember him, they kept coming on the radio every two hours. Like Luke, do you need a break? I'm like, I just got here. Like it's four days long. I've just started. Like I don't need a break. And every two hours, every two hours, finally at eight hours, they, you know, Jay comes up behind me and he goes, Luke, go take a break. I'm like, I don't need a break. I didn't come here to take breaks. He goes, well, give me one good reason. You don't have to pee. I've watched you drink two bottles of fluids. Give me one good reason. You don't have to pee. I'm like, he hasn't peed. I don't need to pee. Like successfully excludes. I'll pee when he pees. And he goes, well, Luke, if something goes wrong, we can't have you run into the bathroom. So go take an hour break and come back. So I go run to the bathroom, grab another jug of, of protein drink and some chopped up protein bars, show them them all, chew them, drink it on the way to the bathroom, on the way back, put it back under the stage right steps. And I'm like, Jay, I'm back. He's like, I told you to take an hour. And I'm like, I don't need an hour. I didn't come here to take breaks. I came here to serve. And it was after that event, Jay's like, I'm pretty sure we figured out you're crazy. Would you like I- to do EPU? And I'm like, well, what's EPU? I go to crew. They don't want me on crew. They send me security. I do want to vent a security. Now you want to send me to EPU? What's EPU? And he's like, well, it's executive protection unit. It's where you're with Sage and Tony directly from, you know, the point to wake up to the point to go to bed and help facilitate everything and do a bunch of different things. But, you know, we'll give you the training you need if, if you'd like to do that. And I was like, sure, whatever serves. And I was very blessed to do that for about seven or eight years And one of the greatest gifts of my life, you know, I volunteered between maybe 80 to hundred days a year and, you know, just such a blessing. And the crazy part about was, is a lot of people in my life, even family, and a lot of my friends were like, dude, you are so stupid. Do you know what your time's (laughs) worth? You're volunteering. It's not, yeah, you're not getting paid. (laughs) 
You're volunteering 80 to 100 days a year? Like, are you wow. nuts? You are stupid. And now they're telling me I'm lucky, right? And I think that the lesson in that, that I really, you know, I think can serve everybody that's hearing this is often in life, we're in such a rush to get to where we want to be. Mm-hmm. And I was so blessed to have amazing parents growing up, still have incredible parents this day, Fran and Char, that just mm-hmm. taught me the fundamentals in life from the good book, you know, right. and, and just do the right thing for the right reason, that it's okay to serve something that you believe in. Do you feel that when you were like growing up, did you always have this work ethic like you, or did Tony just put something in you that made you want to just follow him? And I mean, the way you serve and have you always been that way? Like even learning in high school, were you like committed to reading all these getting A's? Yeah, I wasn't always committed to A's. I had a rough stretch on grades. The classes I didn't like, I wasn't interested in learning. Right. So I wouldn't say I was the A student right away, but since the age of seven, I've been the hardest worker in the room. Always been driven, always. That was instilled in me. I watched my father do it. He was an example of it. Anything he did, he worked hard. Things that I didn't think he could do, I was like, how'd you do that? And he goes, where there's a will, there's a way. And he goes, you just got to figure things out sometimes. And my dad has created that work ethic in me. And Tony's just magnified it. But it didn't matter whether it was a sport. I was going to be the first one there, the last one to leave. I was going to be the person that worked out Saturday and Sunday. Whatever anybody else did, I was going to double it. I remember in high school, I got locked in the wrestling room because I worked out so late at night Hmm. and I had to bang on the door and somebody to hear me (laughs) out. Um, I couldn't get out. It was dead bolted. You know, I was in there with the lights off, riding the exercise bike, cutting weight. And, you know, I watched my dad, you know, I, I remember like it was yesterday. I owe so much to my parents. I mean, I watched my dad for two and a half years, sleep two hours a night, working two jobs to provide a better life for us, you know, because we started with very humble beginnings. But by the time I was in middle school, you know, I mean, it wasn't an extravagant house by any means, but we got a house on the lake in Minnesota. It was like a dream come true, right? And how that was created is my dad had a gas station and he worked that during the day. And then he would come home quickly, eat for a half hour and then drive 40 minutes and be a diesel mechanic all hours of the night, come home, sleep for two hours, and then be back at the station, open it up in the morning. And I watched him do that for two and a half years. And the important part in him doing that is every waking moment that he was at home, he was present with us kids and give us so much energy. And you look at him like he was He-Man, like, how are you doing it? He always did the right thing for the right reason, no matter what. And, you know, I remember the one week he worked all hours and the one night he worked straight through the night and we're like, why are you working so hard? And then he took us to a Minnesota twins game. And I remember catching batting practice out in the outfield. And he always found a way that even though he was working so much to have the moments with us and instill in us what he was doing. And so from that age on, I mean, my identity was, I may not have the skills, the tools of somebody else but I'm going to make up for it in work ethic. And uh, I'm going to get more repetitions than anybody out there. And even to this day, when people go, well, how did you get good at speaking? Or how can you speak without notes is, you know, I prepare. And I've done a lot of repetitions from an early age and it develops over time. And, and then, you know, you get, I have great role models in that area on, on how to do that. And everybody thought I was stupid. Like, how can you volunteer for something that many days? And, I, I mean, I should have been paying for it. I mean, I got a billion dollar right. priceless education of watching one of the most influential, loving, giving people on the planet Earth in present day or any time for that matter. And, you know, it served me in so many ways. And the funny part was, I, you know, I knew a lot of people and you felt people judge you like, oh, he's just a security guy. They, knew, they had no idea. I had successful businesses. I made good money. And, um, and that I was just there serving And, you know, the thing was, is I never went to bed without debriefing on audio, what I observed that day, what I learned that day, how he interacted with people, how he met with people, how he, you know, carries himself, how he is always present with people regardless. And it's one of the greatest gifts of my life. So when you're in this like security guard job and you're you're just everything about Tony, you're just sucking it in, right? Are you thinking down the line, I want to be that one day? Or are you just doing it for your present businesses just to be a better 
person and leader? No, I would have still been doing EPU for Tony to this day. I never had the goal to speak for Tony. I was really in that environment to give. And uh, then after seven years of that, you know, I was down here with my now wife, Katie, and Siesta Key checking out Siesta Key, Florida, Sarasota area of Florida, and the little island here, Siesta Key, for a place to live. You know, I didn't want to stay in the cold in Minnesota anymore. And we were down here with my daughter, Faith, and Katie was over, and we were checking out the area to make sure everybody liked it. And I got a phone call from Sage, and she said, hey, Luke, it's Sage. And I was like, oh, hi, Mrs. Robbins. She's like, Luke, just call me Sage. And I go, <laughs> Mrs. Robbins, because... I grew up with Midwest values. It was Mr. and Mrs. And out of the respect to the people you respect. And she said, Luke, do you speak? And I said, yes. And she goes, how come you never told us? And I said, you never asked. Because see, here's the thing. People always go, well, what's Tony like? And out of respect, I'm not there to tell people what Tony is or isn't. The only thing I'll tell people is Tony is the most, you know, being that close to him for almost a decade, he is the most congruent human I know. And his... Heart is bigger than you can imagine. And most people, when they get on a stage, when they step off the stage, they're 10% of who they portrayed on stage. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I tell everybody is Tony Robbins is 10 times the man he is when he's on stage, when he's off stage. He's uh, truly one of the most congruent, beautiful humans I've ever, I've ever known um, and that I could imagine. And I've learned so much from. And, and she said, well, you know, so I never... When I worked security, I never bothered them. I watched everybody else buy for their attention. They were polite. They were always nice to me. And that, you know, there's times I get to talk to them and things like that. But I was never there to bother them. I saw every other, I mean, imagine everywhere you go in the world, everybody's trying to get your time. And uh, I was there to make sure that they had some time to themselves. So I never made it about me. So they never knew really what I did. And she goes, well, you know, do you have a video of you speaking, Luke? And I said, well, yeah, I just spoke to like you know, 15, 1600 in Australia and Brisbane. I said, I can send you a recording of that if you want. She goes, yeah, would you? And she goes, because Luke, we've been looking for speakers, but we need <laughs> the right person. And, and I said, well, no big deal, Mrs. Robbins. If I'm not your guy, I'll just keep doing security. No big deal. And she's like, Luke, you're so funny. I'm sure it's going to be great. So I sent the video over and they called back a couple days later and Sage is like, Luke, we never knew. Like Tone and I watched the video and Tone looked at me and he goes, I read people for a living. This guy was sat beside me and I had no idea. Like, that's the heart we want. Like, and she said, she goes, Luke, would you do a working interview? And I said, absolutely. I said, it doesn't work out. No big deal. I'll just keep doing security. And she goes, oh, Luke, you know, quit being silly. And I was like, yeah, you know, and that was the year that date with destiny. Tony had 1700 in the main room and there was a, they called it a destiny lounge right next door of 800 people that didn't fit in the main room as the, the event was continuing to grow. And now date with destiny is over 5,000. Right. Right. And, you know, I remember turning up and I got training like five minutes before I went on stage, like, Hey, you know, here's what I want you to do. Just manage the state of the room, make sure people have an amazing experience. Have at it. <laughs> and oh. and uh, I was like, okay. And I, I just naturally got up on stage and poured myself into the audience and facilitated Tony was on video in there, but knowing who is next door and you're a little bit nervous knowing the most influential person on the planet's next door. Right. And you're supposed to try and keep these people in this room entertained <laughs> and just facilitated the event of Tony being live on the screen in there. And it went really well. And, and the room was full, which they had tried previous years and they couldn't keep people in their seats and it went really good. And so I'm wondering, how did it go? And, you know, I'm asking people and they're like, no, no, it's great. They're completely happy. Like, I'm like, well, what could be better? You know, and I'm constantly worried about what, what I could do more right. of. And, of course. And I remember getting a call. Maybe it was about a week later. And we were on the beach here in Siesta Key again for another week. And Diane from Creative called. And I said, Diane, how did it go? You know, what could I do better? She's like, Luke, no, everything was great. I'm like, no, no, no. There's, there had to be many things I could do better. <laughs> and uh, she goes, no, they were so happy. And would you be willing to be trained across the board to, to support at all the events? And I was like, whoa. I'm like, You know, my initial answer, Diane, is yes, but let me check with my wife because this is a responsibility, not an opportunity. Meaning when you put in that time of work and somebody puts that trust in you, it's a responsibility because so many people go, oh, what what an amazing opportunity. And I go, you know, don't get me wrong. It, you can look at it like an opportunity, but that's what's in it for you. Right. And when you do something for the right reasons, it's a responsibility in my mind. And you want to answer that cautiously and with 
decisiveness. And so I spoke it over with Katie and she's like, babe, I believe this is what you're built for. Like you're built to be on stage. You're built to be, you know, this is what you love. This is what your heart is. And so I said, yes. And it's, it's been a wild ride ever since and still managing my own businesses, you know, running events, you know, five to six events a year in Fiji and then the United States life and wealth. And then the wealth usually in the, in Europe as well. And then I supported all the other events in much smaller role, but you know, just always getting more repetition in and how I can serve a larger number of people. Gosh. So when you're traveling so much, right? And all of a sudden you've been stuck in this quarantine with your family. Has it just been amazing? Have you missed like the, all the busy stuff or have you really embraced this time? I don't feel stuck at all. I've slept more in the last 10 weeks than I have since I was 13 years old. You know, I don't think anybody thought I was suffering from low energy coming into this. But literally, I'm going to be like a campfire with gasoline on it coming out because I'm in the best health I've ever been in my life. Huh. I'm in better health right now than when I wrestled at the world level in oh, wow. my 20s because I've really, you know, the one thing that Tony has instilled in me and in my parents instilled this early on is, you know, life's going to happen whether you like it or not. And this is just another example that there's going to be many things. This won't be the last thing in our lifetime that rattles us or the world like this. And life's going to happen whether you like it or not. Now you can, you know, whine, beg or bitch about it, but that's not going to change it. So when things change, you just need to adapt and change. And I really embraced it early on and adjusted things. And, you know, yeah, a couple of my businesses were affected a little bit, but I'm very blessed that a lot of mine are set up well and grew in this time. And I believe right now that people need guidance, coaching and accountability more than they've ever known because the world went binary immediately, meaning right now in this time, even as you're listening to this, either you're deciding to feel stuck, out of control, and sit on the sidelines watching everybody else live life, or you're using this time to decide to step up, tool up, and move forward, continue to move forward regardless of what happens. And those are the only two options right now. Right. And my wish for everybody that's listening to this that even if you felt a little stuck before this podcast, that you decide you're going to move forward no matter what. I use an acronym that I call FAT, F-A-A-T, that in this time, but any time in life, what's going to allow you to live a good life, no matter what happens in the world, is remain flexible. We need to remember to never be rigid. We need to be flexible. We need to adapt quickly to whatever comes our way. We need to then adjust and continue to take action. Because the action is what keeps us out of indecision. Oftentimes when people right now, I just did a video before this podcast, I'm going to be out on social media shortly and in my group. And I said, so many people, if, if I had a dollar for everybody that said they're stuck right now, right. I could retire, right? <laughs> and, and here's the thing. You're not a tree. You're not stuck. The thing is, if you quit moving, you're going to feel stuck. If you quit taking action, you're going to feel stuck. If you feel you can't control and that's what you're focused on versus what you can do and can't control, you're going to feel stuck. So I think it's very important for everybody out there that in these times, remain flexible, meaning you're going to move around, you're going to adapt and adjust and continue to take action. And I think the one thing that holds people back from that is they go, but what if it's the wrong action? Well, it's much better to take a step and know it's the wrong step and then if you step forward and that's the wrong step, step to your right. If that's right. the wrong step, step to your left. If that's the wrong step, step diagonally. <laughs> but we learn more from action than theory, right? right? And so many people are trying to theorize right now, but we'll get much further down the road and you'll feel much more alive and you'll have much more growth from getting flexible, adapting, adjusting, and continuing to take action. And knowing that during these times, during uncertain times, but my belief is in life is if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're looking for the two millimeters or that one way you can adapt and adjust to continue to keep moving forward. And, And my hallucination is, is that during these times, you know, we all need to remember that it's all about, you know, continuing to take action and learn from that experience and move forward again. And we need to develop a better relationship with fear and failure. I think that oftentimes when people have told me they're stuck, 
and I investigate it, whether it's a one-to-one client or somebody asking Q&As in my monthly coaching group is a lot of them lately is I ask them, you know, so what are you doing? And their face goes blank because when you quit doing, there's no movement. When there's no movement, you feel stuck. Think about metaphorically being stuck. You think of somebody stuck in one place. So if you're moving, if we're continuing to take action, just some action, even if you don't know it's the right action, when you take it, you'll figure that out much quicker than thinking about it. So it's really developing a great relationship right now, acknowledging that everybody in the world has fear right now and people handle it differently and developing a better relationship with fear and falling in love with failure. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's a repeated pattern that I keep seeing and I've had in my life where we want success, but we're afraid of failure. And I was just reading in a a book here on work culture and it was talking about how Babe Ruth led in strikeouts, but Hmm. nobody's ever worried about it because he set the record for the number of home runs. And if you look at any category of life, the most successful people also failed the most as well. And so what I mean by that is in uncertain times, nobody can tell us what the future is going to be. We've never seen times like this before. So we've got to be willing to fall and fail faster. And the thing that I think works well for the people that I study in success is they're still as passionate, I call it peck, Passion, excitement, certainty. They're still as passionate, excited, and certain when they fail as much as when they win. And if we can celebrate that when we fail or fall or things don't work out, that yes, we know that doesn't work. Now what are we going to try? Right. Do you teach Faith, your teenage daughter, and actually Lake, because she's how old, the little one? Lake will be three uh, November 9th, and Faith will be 17th, October 9th. Oh my gosh. But so as a dad, I really want to touch on this part because I have two girls. What do you, do you tell Faith, just go fail? Do you encourage that? Absolutely. Like she's got a photography business right now that she started when she was 14. And she's like, dad, I really like taking pictures. I go, great, start a business. She goes, well, I don't know what to do. I'm like, well, what would you do if you had to know? And she's like, well, you know, what does dad say all the time? Well, you'd tell me to just start taking pictures. That's a pretty good idea. Write that one down. I'm glad you came up with that. What else would you do? Well, I'd probably start an Instagram account because that's all about pictures. That's a really good idea too. Write that one down. And she started doing this on Instagram. Now she's getting paid three or 400 bucks to do senior photos for people at 16 years old. And she has the goal to be one of the top photographers in the Midwest by the time she graduates high school. And I said, Faith, the only thing that will make you the best, study the best, and get in more repetitions than anybody else while learning. And she's doing that, you know, but here's the funny thing. You ask if I teach that to both of my daughters. And even when Faith was young is I've learned so much from watching my kids and just watching children. See, I think a lot of times we get caught up and we're going to teach the kids. When I think right now, I would encourage everybody here to go watch a group of kids under the age of five. (laughs) And ask yourself, go to a park and watch a group of kids under the age of five. And if you're going, well, Luke, we're in lockdown. Well, in a couple of months, go watch. Right. We'll watch a group of kids under the age of five. And just take notes of what do I need to learn from this group of children? Right. And, you know, meaning like how I said to fall in love with failure and celebrate failure and success is in order to learn how to walk, we had to fall hundreds, if not thousands of times. Totally. But how many times as we got in the box at the age of four or five in preschool, did we start programming ourselves that if something doesn't work out once or twice, it doesn't work. Right. What was your, like, curious, when you went to Tony Robbins at your first UPW, what were things, like, I can't imagine what a limiting belief Luke Wren would have. What would be one of the things that (laughs) you would had, you had to really overcome? Uh, One of the things, I mean, the simplest thing for me was I was, thinking so small. We have that limiting belief that, am I really worthy to go bigger? You know, and, you know, it was weird because I I remember not thinking of it, but I just thought, you know, how could I affect more people? I've been playing small. You know, Mm -hmm. number one, the limiting belief I went with was what kind of idiot would pay thousands of dollars to go. And now I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars 
on self-improvement. Just last weekend, I dropped 10 grand on a four-day virtual advanced coaching training, oh, right? Cool. And then I dropped four grand at the end of it for another, you know, <laughs> 24 hours of content. And now between my wife and I, you know, we'll spend six figures on coaching and self-growth per year. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell people that to impress you. I tell you to impress upon you that if you want to get better at something, the people that get better have more coaching. They have more accountability. And, you know, look at the greatest athletes. They seek more coaching, not less. Because we have great accountability and guidance till 18 years old. If you go to college, you have it till 22. But then after that, who's holding you accountable to not just your work hours, but your life's dream, your life's mission, your purpose, your passions, your hobbies, your family, your finances. And one of the greatest gifts of my life is always having coaching and masterminds and online courses to continue to grow to another level. Because when we grow, we feel alive. Right. And when we feel alive, we do more. So for me, it was really, it opened my eyes to go in so many ways in every area of my life, you know, to grow more and become more and give more. And, you know, since that time, there's never been a year since my first event that I haven't done, I would say a minimum of eight to 10 events a year. Hmm. And well, how do you find the time? And what it forced me to do is when I've I didn't spend a day out of my health clubs when I went to that first UPW. And within a year, I was spending 90 to 100 days out of my business. And it was when you have a strong reason to do it, you'll figure it out. And then my health club didn't even need me. I mean, I, I'd show up, you know, an hour a day just for my ego that they needed <laughs> me. But I didn't even need to be there because I applied what I'd learned. And anytime, the way I look at self-growth and self-improvement or podcasts like we're doing right now, is anytime I can write a check to compress time, to learn from somebody else's mistakes and experience, mm-hmm. to move down the road further, yeah, faster. faster. And here's the key, not just get down the road further, faster in one category, but enjoying the ride, enjoying the journey. The biggest thing I would remind everybody right now with what's going on is I'd ask you something. Right now, I want everybody to think about, would you get excited if I deposited a million dollars in your bank account, right? And unless you're living under a rock, most people would be pretty excited about that. Yep. But let me ask another question. If the only way you could accept that million dollars was today was your last day alive on the planet Earth, would you want the million bucks? No. Nobody would take it. Right. So tomorrow is worth more than a million dollars. But right now, regardless of what's going on, are you waking up with the same excitement, realizing that every day is a multi-million dollar day? That every day is priceless. And see, I see so many people slowing down, hitting the brakes and quit living and talking about stuff that doesn't matter. Talking about the virus isn't going to help it. Unless you're doing something dramatically help it, focus on living. Each day is a multi-million dollar priceless day. You never get today back. And I do a simple exercise I shared with my group the other night is, you know, have a simple coaching session with yourself each day. And every day I wake up, and this may sound silly to a lot of people, but just give it a try, is I wake up in the day and I just look myself in the mirror, just silly, playfully, and just go, get ready, because we're going to bring it today. We're going to bring our very best today. You better hang on, because we're going to bring it. And then at the end of the day, you have to have the harder conversation, is did I bring my best today? Did I live life fully today? Did I make today matter? On a scale of one to 10, How did I do showing up as the best version of myself today? And see, that's where it's easy to get hard on ourselves. But this last little part is what you want to do at the end of the day. So you use it to build, not to beat yourself. Is I just, you know, there's some days even for me that I'll come in and I'll go, (laughs) I meant to bring my best today, but looking at it, it was a seven. What made it a seven today? Well, this, this didn't work out. And I really didn't stay focused on this task or the outcome. And, uh, you know, well, what would make it a 10 tomorrow? Reset and come at it. And then I look myself in the eyes and I go, I love you. I love you and I got you. Let's get it tomorrow. And I get teary-eyed doing it right now as I do every night. And it's just reminding us that reset. Right. Like reset your day. Right now, if you've been hard on yourself the last eight weeks, if you've been sitting on the sidelines the last eight to 10 weeks, like just reset. Who cares? 
the past isn't going to change. Nobody out there has a time machine. So let go of whatever you're hanging on to from the past. I don't care what it is. It ain't changing. Let's focus on where you are now, where you want to go. Take the first step. This is the time to get fat, get flexible, adapt, adjust, and take action moving towards your dreams. I think a lot of people have gotten a gift over the last 12 weeks to really reflect on how were you living prior to COVID-19? And I think a lot of people have had 10 to 12 weeks to think about how do I consciously want to live coming out of COVID-19? What is my purpose? What are my values? Does my schedule match my values? Does my spending match my values? And like think of all those things that you spend, right? Yeah. All the money you spend, the little here and there things that we haven't had to do for this long. Are they really that important? (laughs) It just makes you question all those things. Absolutely. I could talk to you for another hour (laughs) (laughs) and I know you're so busy and I appreciate this time, but will you give just one last little, like kind of your like one thing that could put, you've given so many nuggets in this hour of a beautiful, beautiful hour. But what one thing could you like, one takeaway that you would want my listeners to really think about as they leave this conversation? Well, two things. Number one is I, I love and appreciate you. And for everybody out there that's part of this group, I'll give them three weeks of free coaching, right? If they want to go to my website, just lwresults.com, I'll give them three weeks. They can come on Q&A twice a week with me, get their questions answered. And if they want that, they just go to lwresults.com and I'll give them three weeks free, no obligation. If they want to continue after that, they can, but just come get three weeks to get you moving forward, get held accountable for a few weeks to get moving in this time, to really hold yourself accountable in this time. And number two, I would say, and I just thought about this today, you know, I believe the word right now that has been obsessing in my mind is, is lead. I want everybody to understand that we'll all second guess if we're a leader if we're worthy, if we're enough, that's human psychology. And if we're enough, if we're not enough, we won't be loved. And I want you to remember the word lead because we all need to lead right now. And we need to start with ourselves and we need to lead our families, our communities need us and the world needs us right now. And no one person, no one person with a special thing is gonna do this. This is a time where we as a world need every person to step into their greatness and lead. And to me, when you think of lead, I want you to think of four words, a little acronym. Number one, love. Fear divides, love brings us together. So when you think of lead, lead with love. Number two, E, lead with empathy. Realizing that everybody right now has a different perspective, a different relationship with fear, and has things going on in their life that we may not understand. So let's not judge people. Let's be empathetic to everybody's dealing with this in a different way, has different stresses on their life. And we're coming into a very uncertain time and it's going to get worse before it gets better. So let's lead with love and lead with empathy. And the A is for still remain accountable to yourself. Remain accountable to live life to the fullest every day, to not take the present, which is a gift. That's why they call it the present, to lead with love, with empathy and accountability, self-accountability, not blaming, not shaming, not complaining, not his, her fault, the situation, COVID happened to me, but holding ourselves self-responsible and self-accountable for what's going on in our lives in every aspect. Mm. And the D stands for what will keep you out of anxiety and what will keep you unstuck right now. Be decisive. All too often, we're afraid to make the decision due to fear. But I promise you, anyone out there, I just dare you. I just dare you to lead with love, lead with empathy, lead with accountability to yourself and be decisive and go after what you love, what excites you without hesitation right now and just see what happens in your life and feel the passion that will ignite inside of you and how it will share and spread in a positive way with everybody around you. So my wish, my hope for everybody out there is you go lead right now. You lead with love, you lead with empathy, 
You lead with accountability and a decisiveness to a level you've never seen before. And just watch your heart, your spirit, and your energy just become unleashed in the world in a positive light. That's my wish for all of you. Thank you so much for having Uh, me. Luke, you are amazing. Oh my gosh. You are just looking at you right now, those in your eyes. It's like this soul comes out. It's like it almost just takes over you. It's so natural. And you just have, you're born to do this. You are a gift to this world. I mean, you talk about Tony and how amazing that you, you are all that and more like you just exude this power of love and service and oh you just touched me beyond and Luke so much but where can they find you besides your website yeah the one I tell everybody that that I'm interactive and I love to hear from you is I personally respond on my Instagram and love getting the messages be patient I will get back to you I do it my net time between appointments and things going on but on Instagram Luke underscore Ren W-R-E-N That's the one that I'm active and you'll actually be responding with me on. And then I have my monthly coaching group. Like I said, for all the listeners, I'll give you three weeks free. Just go to lwresults.com and you'll get three weeks free to my coaching group. And if you choose to continue, the great part is I wanted to make coaching affordable to everybody. If you want to continue, it's just $97 a month and 100% money back guarantee. Meaning if there's ever a month that you don't feel you got 10 times the value you're paying, you just simply write an email to my team and they send you your money back because it's there to add value to you. I just attach a monetary amount to you to hold you accountable to get on it and take action. And then for those of you that say, you know what, I want to be held accountable to another level and take things to another level. I do have a mastermind. It is people do have to apply because I want to make sure it's right for them and right for the group. But that's at lwmastermind.com. Dot com, just lwmastermind.com. If you're looking for a peer group and really being held accountable on another level with some personal time with me and access to me, then the mastermind might be for you as well. But uh, oh. any way I can serve you, any way I can help you to anybody out there, I'm here for you. I'm at home now more. So message me on Instagram, anything I can do to help. Like, I love the spirit of you, Ashley. Thank you so much for having oh. me on. It's been a blessing Thank and you. honor to blessing. spend this time with you. And anytime you need me back, Just let me know. I love your spirit and heart. That's why I took the time to get on here. So thank you to everybody for your time. As I know, I'm long-winded and you've probably been listening to me far too long. So (laughs) thank you, Ashley. And thank you, everybody listening. Thank you, Luke. Love you so much. What a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.